everyone, this is Minister Dennis Payne once again. And last week, as you know, we was on the topic back to the basics. We're going to be dealing in the book of uh, the first epistle, the first letter of John to the believers. That's the first epistle of John. Uh, we're going to go back over this because I want to rehearse some things that I said last week. And I want to rehearse it again so we can really get this. Okay? Now, remember last week we was talking. And as we was talking, we talked about what was happening in this thing. And we know that uh, the Apostle John, which is the writer of this book, he wrote this letter to the believers because of the heresy that had crept in the church. You might be wondering, what, what, what is heresy? Well, heresy is a, a teaching that opposes the doctrine of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is why he wrote this letter to the believers, because this heresy that had come in to the church, a doctrine that opposed the, the, the doctrine of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why he wrote this letter. So what he had to do, he had to rehearse to them the word that they had got from the beginning when they first heard the word of God. When they first heard the word of God. So it was a lot of things that were chosen. Well, you might be saying, you might be saying, well, what was the heresy? Well, the heresy, some of them believed that Jesus was coming right then. And he had to explain to them uh, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. That was one of the heresies. So he had to explain this to them. So in the first chapter, in verses number one, he states that that which was from the beginning, and we know what they heard from the beginning, and what did they hear from the beginning? Well, what they heard was the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You might be saying, well, what is the doctrine of the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, the doctrine of the Lord Jesus Christ is this. Jesus Christ, he died on the cross. He was buried, and God the Father raised him from the dead. Somebody said, well, why did he do that? We know about John, the third chapter, verses number 16, the Bible stated that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus. Hallelujah. So the question is, why did he give his only begotten son, Jesus? Well, the reason why he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, because all mankind was sin, sin. Why were we in sin? Well, we was in sin because of Adam. The Bible states in the Romans, the fifth chapter, verses number 12. Through one man, sin entered the world. And that one man was Adam. God had given Adam a charge of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat of the tree. He ate of a tree that God commanded him not to eat of. Hallelujah. And because of that, all of mankind, we took on the nature of sin. We couldn't get out of this sin. So what God did, he sent his only begotten son, Jesus to deliver us out of the sin. That's the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So what the apostle John did, he had to rehearse to the believers in a letter of what Jesus had done. He said that which was uh, from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. Now, the reason why he was able to say that was because, remember, the apostle John had walked with Jesus. When Jesus fed the 5,000, it was the apostle John 
was present. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He was present in most of the miracles. Even on the day of, uh, of uh, the Mount of Configuration, it was John present. So when Jesus was doing these miracles, John, the apostle, he was present also. That's why he said, that's which we heard from the beginning, which we have heard and which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. And then he said in verse number two, the life was manifested. What life? The life of God was manifested in his son, Jesus. For the life was manifested and we have seen it. How did they see it? They saw the life of God in the person of Jesus. And then he said, and we bear witness and we show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested unto you, unto us. Now, notice what he said. We show unto you that eternal life. How did the Apostle Paul and the disciples show the life of God? They demonstrated the life of God when they lived as Jesus Christ lived. He said, we show it unto you that eternal life, the same life that the Lord Jesus Christ lived, we are now living that life. Hallelujah. Now, if anybody's going to see the life of God, they're going to have to see it in you. And in order for that to happen, we're going to have to die to self. You have to die to self. I have to die to self. Jesus said himself, if any man would come after me, and hallelujah, if any man would come after me, let him deny himself and take up the cross. We have to die to self, and then the Lord Jesus Christ, he then can live in us. So he stated that that which we have heard, which we have seen, excuse me, that, that which we have seen and heard, we make it known, or we declare we unto you, that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. So he wanted the believers to know this. Hallelujah. We're living the life of Christ Jesus. We know that our fellowship is with the Father. Hallelujah. And we know it's with the, the Son, Jesus, also. And then in verse number four, he said, And these things we write unto you, that your joy may be full. The reason why we're writing this to you, and this is what the Apostle John is saying, the reason why we're writing this to you, for the purpose of your joy being fulfilled. Uh, and then he said in verse number five, this then is the message which we have heard of him, and we make it known unto you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. So he wanted those that read this letter to know that God is light, and in him is no darkness. So if you receive the Lord Jesus Christ in you, you have become the light of the world. Remember Jesus has stated, you are the light of the world and the salt of the earth. And then he commanded the believers, let, let your light so shine before men that men might see the good works that's demonstrated to you. And then God would be glorified.
verse number six, he said, if we say that we have fellowship with him, if we say that we have fellowship with Jesus, if we say that we're connected to Jesus and walk in darkness, we lie. What is he saying? If we say that I know the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm living like Jesus Christ, but we're really not living like him, we are lying and we're not telling the truth. Verse number seven, he said, number seven stated, but if we walk in light as he is in light. Now, walking in light is walking in the word of God. Let me repeat that again. Walking in light is walking in the word of God. And then when we walk in the word of God, we have fellowship one another. Which means that if we're not walking in the word of God, there's no fellowship with one another. And then the Bible states, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanse us from what? All sin as we walk in the light. Verse number eight stated that if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. When we say that we haven't sinned, and you may sin, and you need to know if you sin, you're going to find out verses, verse, nine, uh, verse number 9 stated, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, let me say this. If you sin, it's imperative. It's imperative. It's important for you to confess that sin immediately. We don't know when we are leaving this earth. You don't know when you're going to die. You don't know. Hallelujah. And one thing you do not want, you do not want in the, the judgment to meet Christ Jesus with that sin in your life. You don't want that to happen. So he said, if we confess our sin, if we agree that we sin. He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all un unrighteousness. But the Bible said in the book of Proverbs, the 28th uh, chapter, verses number 13, if we cover our sins, if we cover the sins, we will not prosper. But if we confess and forsake them, then the Bible said he will have mercy. Forsake them. In other words, when if you sin, forsake the sin. Do not stay in the sin. Forsake means leave the sin. If you sin, confess the sin and then leave the sin. Stop doing it. Okay? Now, verse number 10 says, If we say that we have not sinned, we make him alive. And his word is not in us. If we say we haven't sinned, we make him out of a liar. Then he goes to verse, verse, uh, chapter number 2. Goes to chapter number two, and he began to say, he, he referred to the believers as children. He said, My little children, these things I'm right unto you, that you sin not. So, what he's doing, he's encouraging the believers not to sin. Do not sin. Do not sin. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Hallelujah. We have a mediator, a mediator. With the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. 
we have someone that we can go to and confess that sin. He's the advocate. He's the middle man between God and man. In other words, you'll never get to God, the Father, except you go through the Son, Jesus. It will never happen. Let me repeat that again. You'll never get to God the Father except you go through the Son. How do you know that? Or how do we know that? Well, the Bible said in John the 14th chapter, verses number 6, no man can come to the Father except they come through Jesus. You've got to go through Jesus. It's impossible to get to God except you go through his son, Jesus. If you deny his son, Jesus, you have automatically denied the Father. So you need to know you have to go through Jesus. Why? Because verse number two, it states that Jesus is the propitiation for our sin. What am I saying, propitiation? <clears throat> well, Jesus is the atonement. Jesus is the one who died on the cross. Jesus is the one who sacrificed his life that we might have eternal life. He is the propitiation for our sin and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Now we know why John 3.16 states, God so loved the world. He so loved those that live in the world. He loved them so much. Why does he love us so much? Because he knows that man is in sin. He's in sin. We were born in sin. That's why Romans 3 and 23 states, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Remember, I told you earlier when I spoke in the beginning tonight, I told you because of Adam's sin, we all became sinners based on his disobedience to God. And because of God's love, and you got to get this, because of God's love for mankind, he sent his only begotten son to sacrifice his life, to give up his life, that we might live eternally with God the Father. And hereby, verse number three, we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Now watch this. You got to get this. The only way that you're going to know the Lord Jesus Christ, you have to keep his commandment. Jesus even said himself, if you love me, keep my commandment. That's what he stated. If you love me, keep my commandment. And hereby we know, do know that we know him. If we keep his commandment and keeping his commandment is keeping his word. He that say I know him and keepeth not his commandment is a liar and the truth is not in him. This is what John the apostle was telling the believers. Basically what he's telling the believers, don't be a hypocrite. Hallelujah. A hypocrite is one to say that I'm doing the will of God, but he's not really doing the will of God. He that say I know him and keep not his commandment is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word, watch that word keepeth. That word keepeth mean whoso what? 
keepeth he so practice his word in him verbally is the love of God perfected. When we practice the word of God, when we keep his word of God, when we, when we live the word of God, the love of God is being perfected in us. This is how we know that we are in him. And verse number six said, he did say, he abides in him, on him also himself to walk. So if you're saying you're living in Christ Jesus, well, you should be, walk, you should be walking in him. If you say you're living in Christ Jesus, you should be keeping the word of God. If you say it, if I'm, he that say he abideth in him, that word abide means he that say he, he lives in him all himself also to walk just as Jesus Christ walked. That's what the word of God is saying. Then in verse number seven, he begin to say, brothers, I'm writing no new commandment unto you, but this is an old commandment which you had from the beginning. This is the old, this is what I told you in the beginning. This is what we heard you, heard from the beginning. This is what we heard from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard from the beginning. In other words, what you heard from the beginning is the old commandment. You heard in the beginning. Now notice what he's trying to do. He's trying to get the believers to go back to what they heard in the beginning. Go back to the methods that they heard in the beginning. What did they hear in the beginning? That Jesus Christ is Lord. What did they hear, hear, hear in the beginning? They heard that Jesus Christ, he died, he was buried, and God the Father raised him from the dead. That's what they heard in the beginning. And then in verse number 8, he stated, again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and is in you, because the darkness is in is past and true light is now shining. Okay? When you receive the Lord Jesus Christ, the life of God came in you. Therefore, darkness is past and true light now shines in you. It's only shining in you as you keep the commandment of God. If you are not Keeping the commandment of God, the light of Christ Jesus is not shining in you. He that say, he's in the light and hateth his brother. Now you got to get this. This is important. He that say that he's living in the light of God. He that say that he's living in the light of Christ Jesus and he hate his brother is in darkness even until right now. If you got a problem with somebody that doesn't look like you, if you have a problem, if you hate anyone that doesn't look like you, that doesn't do the same thing that you do, if you hate them, you are living in darkness. You're living in darkness. It's impossible to live in darkness and light at the same time. You can't do it. You're either living in the light of Christ Jesus or you're living in darkness. One of the two. He that say he is in the light and hate his brother, he's living in darkness. If you hate your brother, if you hate him, you're living in darkness. 
even until now. He, then he stated in verse number 10, he that loveth his brother abideth in life. What you mean? What am I saying? I'm saying he that loved his brother, he's living in the light of Christ Jesus. Therefore, there is no occasion of him stumbling at all. No occasion of stumbling in him. In other words, when you are living in the light of Christ Jesus, it's impossible for you to stumble. If you're living in the darkness, you are going to stumble. If either living in light or living in darkness, one of the two, you can't be living in half light and half darkness. There's no such thing. It's either darkness or light, one of the two. But he that hateth his brother, notice he keep mentioning. He keeps mentioning. Hateth. Hateth. Hate him. We need to understand the only way we're going to love our brothers, we have to love God. The scripture teaches, he that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. It is impossible to love anyone without God being in you. You cannot do it. Verse number 11 again. He that hated his brother is in darkness and walk in darkness. If you hate your brother, you are in darkness. Even if I speak, you are in darkness. But he that hated his brother is in darkness and walketh in darkness and knoweth not whither he goes. Because that darkness that's in him is blinding his eyes. That's what the scriptures teach him. And then he stated in verse number 12, I write unto you little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. You need to know that when you came to Jesus and you confess your sins, your sins are forgiven. Hallelujah. Now, if you happen to stumble, the Bible said in 1 John 1, 1 and 9, confess that sin immediately, and the blood of Jesus Christ will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So he states in verse number 12, I write unto you little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write unto you, Father, because you have known him that is from the beginning, and I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because you have known the Father. Now, let's go back to this. He stated, I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. How do we overcome the wicked one? We overcome the wicked one, and we know the wicked one to be the devil. We overcome the wicked one because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Who is in us? The Lord Jesus Christ. He's in us. His spirit is in us. His spirit is in us. The Lord Jesus Christ is in us. If we, you receive the Lord Jesus Christ and you receive his spirit, 
We talked a few weeks ago about the importance of being baptized in the Holy Ghost. When you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, you're baptized in Jesus. When you're baptized in Jesus, you're baptized in the Holy Ghost. Once you're baptized in Jesus, hallelujah, you are overcome the evil one, which is the devil. He's the wicked one. He said, I write unto you, little children, because you have known him. You've known the Father. How, do, how can we know the Father? Once again, the only way that you can know God the Father is know his son Jesus. You cannot, you cannot know God the Father except you know his son. If you deny the son Jesus, you have automatically denied God the Father. It is impossible to know God the Father without knowing the Son, Jesus Christ. He said, I'm writing unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because you are strong. We're only strong because of the Lord Jesus Christ being in us through the Spirit of God. We're only strong because he is in us. Who's he? Jesus Christ. He's in us. He's living in us. He's walking with us. He's in us. He said, I'm writing to the young men because you have you are strong in the word of God, abides in you. And we found out the word of God means live. The word of God is living in you. And you have overcome the wicked one. Not based on what you've done but based on the Lord Jesus Christ being in you. Hallelujah. And then in verse number 15, he stated, love not the world. Don't be influenced by the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, and that's the world system, the love of the Father is not in him. Know this. Disconnect with the world system. The world system. He said, love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. You are no longer in, you're living in this world, but you're not of this world. You, though we live in the world, we are not of this world. I'm going to complete this. If you receive this word, you have an opportunity to know Jesus Christ right now. The Bible says in Romans 10 and 9, if you confess the Lord Jesus Christ with your mouth and believe in your heart, and it's important to know this, the Bible says, if you confess the Lord Jesus Christ with your mouth, but you got to believe in your heart that God the Father raised Jesus from the dead, the Bible said that we can be saved. You may say, well, why do I have to believe in my heart? Because God is looking at the heart. Hallelujah. He's looking at the heart. So if you believe that, pray this with me. Lord Jesus, forgive me for all of my sins. I believe that you died on the cross and you was buried. And God the Father, he raised you from the dead. Hallelujah. If you, 
If you really believe that in your heart, if you believe that in your heart, hallelujah, the Bible says, if you confess the Lord with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved in the name of Jesus. Right now, and I'm going to leave you right now. God bless you. I'll see you next week in Jesus' name.